Hello and welcome to another episode of Copper Bottomed, the genuine and trustworthy review of the copper market and everything good therein. Um, I'm still trying to play catch up. I'm still a few days behind. Uh, so this week I'm going to be looking at the drill results for the week starting the 11th of December. Um, actually, these results came out on the 9th of December, so it's kind of news prior to that. But I'll be looking at the kind of the market news that came out during the week of the 11th of December, and I'm recording this um, at the start of the week, starting the 18th of December. So still, still a few days behind, but there we go. I'm trying to catch up. Um, <clears throat> what's the main market news for this week? Well, um, I was quite amused to see uh, headlines like this one from Bloomberg coming out. Um, the world's copper supply is suddenly looking scarce. I mean, this was uh, the second week of November. Panama closure, Anglo-American cuts have upended the 2024 outlook. Copper was expected to be in surplus in the coming years. Now, I mean, it's, it's, it's great that Bloomberg, Bloomberg is talking about this, but I was talking about these things, the Anglo-American cuts, um, the Panama closure at the end of October. So it's, it's a bit strange that this is kind of almost uh, six weeks behind. But there we go. That is, uh, I I hope, shows that that goes to show some of the efficacy of the work that I'm doing, which is pointing out some of these things before they become mainstream. So keep watching and hopefully you'll see some other things which will become generally accepted news in the months ahead but there will be new news as we go through. What else was interesting last week was that uh, Ivanhoe announced a $500 million private placement. And uh, if you'd been listening to the previous few weeks, you will have seen a string of Ivanhoe Mines uh, news releases talking about exploration success. Um, you would have picked up the comments that, uh, that I made that Robert Friedland was tweeting more frequently that he was um, coming up with some of the copper tightness uh, data. Um, and now he's a he's he's a master marketeer. He's a great publicist. He's a great promoter. So it's no real surprise that he has dialed up the uh, market commentary. He's dialed up the his presence in the market. He's he's focus the news flow through he's got a bunch of good news coming out he's got the kind of the ramp up at Kakula. Um, he's got the um the kitoko discovery the the new discoveries at miyako and um he's suddenly all over twitter and um all over linkedin and he's popping up in fact just recently he's popped up saying uh that copper needs to go to fifteen thousand dollars a ton current prices eight thousand four hundred dollars a ton so he's um, gone into full marketing overdrive, and guess what? Um, BMO hits the market with a well, Ivanhoe Mines hit the market hits the market with a five hundred million dollar private placement, which I'm sure they'll get filled. Um, Ivanhoe Mines is a great company, and it's actually much easier to do a deal of this size than it is for the junior resources sector to do a, a number of deals in the one to five million dollar range. Um, so five hundred million dollar, it's institutional ready, slam dunk, boom. Uh, we'll take the fees, whatever it is, four, five percent, six percent. That is um, twenty-five or thirty million dollars right there. So well done, those guys. Hurrah and trebles all round. Um, <clears throat> something else that caught my attention in the week was a an image on either Twitter or LinkedIn. It was by this guy James uh, Wise, Doctor James Michael Wise, and uh, he's just written a book 
published in April called Red Metal in the Blue Planet, The History of Copper and the Outlook for the Future. Uh, I've asked for it for Christmas from my family. Let's see whether I get it or whether I have to buy it for myself um, by myself next year. I liked this chart. Uh, what it shows you is the when the discovery was made and when the mine came into production for a whole series of mines since uh, Bingham Canyon in 1880. It, it's not entirely comprehensive. For example, it doesn't have Kamo and Kukula in there. Um, but, I mean, just look at this. You've got something like Las Bambas here. So it's discovered kind of um, pre-1910, and then it came into production pre-2020. Uh, so uh, a really, really long time between discovery and production. The The median on this, by the way, is 16 years. So if you've got a decent... Uh, copper discovery think the median is going to be 16 years and um, if it's got any kind of particular sensitivity uh, environmental or social or political then it's going to be longer so um, uh, just bear that in mind when people talk about filling a demand gap uh, between supply and demand that you've actually got a plan ahead on average 16 years. So if we're looking already to... So if you find something today, here we are, uh, 2024, give or damn, it won't be in production until uh, 2040. And if you look forward to 2040, to the kind of the level of production that's needed to match what demand is expected to be, then you see that we're in for a lot of market tightness. So uh, Copper Explorers, get going, find some stuff. And that is what we are talking about um, of course, looking at some of these news releases. So for the week starting the 11th of December 2023, we've got um, intercepts reported from Pampa Metals at the Pukenis, um, Pukenis I think, um, uh, deposit, which was the best intersection of the week with uh, 407 gram, sorry, percent meters, grade widths. Um, Kodiak Copper, Pacific Ridge, Benton Resources, they're coming out with some corkers. Uh, North Isle, again. Uh, Wiesler Copper, McDonald Mines, uh, Sterling Metals, and Mirasol with a lowly 0 0.68 gram, I keep saying it grams, um, grade meters, percent meters, 0 0.68. That got uh, reported, and we'll go into the whys and the wherefores of that a bit later. But starting at the other end with Pampa Metals, now, I'd never heard of this company, Pampa Metals Corp. I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, they've 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 um, published this quite good intersection, five hundred fifty-eight meters at zero point seven three, um, five hundred fifty-eight point two meters at point three eight percent copper and point four two grams gold with a little bit of silver. It's strange. Okay, well, just 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 se several things in this. First of all. Look at the share price chart. It's obviously, uh, it was private or a shell company and some kind of deal went into it in early 2021. And it's been on a downtrend since then. And that um, may tell its own story. But if you just assume that that was the um, the deal price or that was the kind of the fair value that they thought the company was worth uh, in 2021 and you see that the share price is, or the market capitalization is, sorry, the share price is now 18 cents from uh, $1. If you just kind of reverse it and say, what would the market cap be if the share price of $1 again? Um, 
it's about $45 million, $46 million, assuming there'd be no shares issued. And so it makes me think that the transaction that they did at that time was probably in their minds at $45 million Canadian. So I don't know, something like $35 million US. Um, so then I come to, so that's the first thing I see when I look at that share price. Um, then we come to the news release itself. Pampa Metals Corp, pleased to announce the assay results from the diamond drill hole completed at the um, Pukenes um, project in the 2015-16, uh, 2015-2016 season. So this is an old hole. And they get 558 meters at 0.38% copper, 0.42 grams per something gold, um, including 130 meters at 0.81% copper and 0.6 grams gold. And those are that's a good result. So um, notice the spelling mistake here. You know, this hasn't been properly proofread. Uh, I actually found other spelling mistakes and kind of language issues in through the presentation so that the the, the, the corporate materials are slightly slipshod, uh, which is interesting. But when I look at the, the company, I think actually it's quite a quite a decent company in the sense that it seems to be uh, kind of reputable management uh, and they've picked up this old project in Argentina. Um so sorry, just I, um, I'm jumping around a bit, but uh, they also fall prey to using copper equivalents, but they they lead out with first the copper and then the gold, which is a good thing, and then the silver. So they give the meter, the copper grade, the gold grade, and the silver grade, and then they do put in the copper equivalent. I've said enough on that where they they shouldn't be in there. They should just leave it simple at the at the um, separate metals but at least they lead with the individual metals. So um, I then read through and I saw that the relogging and the interpretation of the assays indicates that primary mineralization is related to copper gold porphyry hosted quartz veins and remains open at depth. That's pretty damn encouraging. The shallow overlay is associated with supergene enrichment with some copper oxides observed at surface. And they put in this superb Really nice um, cross-section, very clear. You can see uh, some of those old historic shallow drill holes um, and then this PIU-16 coming down through here. And this is where they get 558.2 meters at 0.38% copper, 0.42 grams gold. And with the last, I think it's the last 130 meters at 0.8 um, and 0.6. So... Very encouraging. I then read on Pukenis Porphyry Copper Gold Project is nine mining titles with an area of about um, 1,880 hectares in the San Juan province of Argentina, adjacent to the north of Altar, which is run by Aldebaran, um, and approximately 190 kilometers west of the city of San Juan. So um, it's associated with Aldebaran. It's important that we understand the mineralogy and the, 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 the mineralizing styles of this because uh, Altar isn't that straightforward. It's in Argentina, so my goodness, is this decline here in the share price chart, is that a function of Argentina risk or is it just a function of the junior resource market? And then why have these holes sat there for so long? Um, it's an old InMet project, it's an old Anglo project. Anglo didn't even, Anglo-American drilled this hole down to 920 meters and they didn't even assay it. I mean, quite extraordinary. Um, so I went into the presentation. I, I wanted to know a bit more about the company, and I realized that it was a 
Um, they've they've farmed in. So Pamp Metal, this is farming in, and I looked at the option terms. They need to pay um, $200,000 on the start of drilling. And the start of drilling, you can see here in terms of the what next come, what comes next in the news release, is a 2,500-meter Again, there's a missing, there's a missing letter there. Where's the meter thing? You know, this is really, really bad slipshod stuff. They should proofread this stuff. It just looks bad. Two and a half thousand something diamond phase one drill program designed to test the depth and lateral extension of known mineralization to be completed in um, between January and April. Indicative. With assay results expected progressively between March and May. Indicative. So they're going to kind of test this blob over here, but they need to pay two hundred thousand dollars, and then another um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then uh, and then so on. So they need to pay cash, not into the ground, one point two five million dollars. And then I thought, crikey, what are the work commitments and what are the option terms? And they need to do six thousand meters of drilling and invest six million dollars. And then in year four, they need to pay fourteen point seven five million dollars of which two and a half can be script settled. So you look at that market cap and you think, crikey. So they've got to pretty much spend their body weight in cash payments plus work commitments, plus almost two times their body weight in, in option payments, which is a really uncomfortable position. And yet you look at that mineralization, you think, hmm, this is actually quite good. So um, it's almost a race against time for these guys to pull out more and more good looking intercepts They've also got the headwind of Argentina. Um, so what's happening on the political side there, who knows? Um, I mean, I really rate Millet. I think what he says is fantastic. He's just kind of a no-nonsense-speaking, um, truth-to-power kind of guy. But how does that work in the political environment of Argentina? It's just just many, many unknowns. So um, what I end up in this really complicated situation is thinking good geology, the option terms show you what people in industry think is the real value of copper projects. You know, they're willing to sign, industry experts are willing to sign exercise um, option payments of $14.5 million and commit to $6 million of expenditure and a $1 million of payments. The the equity market is, is certainly not there yet. And because of that mismatch, there's a lot of um, dilution risk in this at the moment. So um, I would say that the Q1 drilling is going to be crucial for this company. If it can pull out some good intersects, intersections, um, this going to transform the the potential um, of this of this company. And um, I think good luck to them. I mean, I really really like all that copper exploration, and I think these guys are onto some good geology, and I hope they can pull the results out fast enough. But I would um, urge them to, I would urge Panther Metals to draft their news releases properly, get someone to, to proofread them because there's some slipshod, um, poor stuff and their presentation and uh, get drilling. Results, please. You know, um, I think the market is, is in the mood to see some successes. Um, <clears throat> so good luck. Onwards and upwards. Right. The next company is our old favorite. Kodiak Copper. They've been on the show before um, because they produce regular news results. Um, not all of them are um, stellar, um, 
There's a lot of mineralization, but a lot of it's very low grade. Now, if you just look at that share price graph, you can see in mid uh, 2020, uh, there was the kind of a great hole put in the, the, that was reported. And then since then, it's really, really struggled to define good grade material. And we're now into, we're approaching year three or year four of this. Um, so let's look at the headline. Kodiak's first holds at South Zone extend mineralization to <coughs> copper equivalent. Do not do that within <coughs> low grade copper over a thousand meters. So they've got 0.17, which is low grade copper equivalent, which makes me think, crikey, what's the copper grade here? Um, please don't use copper equivalents over a thousand and fifty three meters. These are the results from the first two holes drilled at the south zone, and they produce this lovely map showing you where they've um, been drilled down here, south zone. Good. Okay, moving on. They've significantly extended porphyry mineralization. Possibly, yes, they've extended these deep, you know, it's, it's gone much deeper. Please don't use copper equivalents. Uh, they said the porphyry mineralization correlates well with a 2.3 kilometer long north trending copper and soil anomaly downslope to the east and chargeability responses from a historic 3D induced polarization surveying along trend. So I don't know what that means other than could it be that the anomalies correlate to low grade mineralization because that's what it feels like, you know, they've got a good soil anomaly, they've got a good IP anomaly, they drill it, they get low grade. So maybe that's the correlation. They now talk about the exploration being complete, 18,500 meters and 33 holds. That's a really big program for a junior. And and um, and they provide further results from drilling as well as from 3D IP soil sampling and prospecting over the upcoming months. I would say they need to get some high grade out pretty damn soon because um, defining lots of low grade I don't think it's going to help. I don't think it's going to help. Um, anyway, um, Claudia Tornquist, the president and CEO, says, after our success at the Western Man Zones, hmm, define success, they've now extended a third porphyry zone to depth and a long strike at the South Zone, once again demonstrating significant potential for larger copper gold zones at MPD. It's true. They are, it is potential for large zones. The question is, is it economic? And it says future work will include infill 3D IP and systematic drilling along this trend to guide exploration towards higher grade portions of the system. I would say that after three years, you've got to really believe those vectors. You've got to really, really think that you're going to get into some high grade zones because um, there's an awful lot of low grade here. So what I'd love to see from the company is some really uh, incisive thinking about is this going to make it? And if it is going to make it economically to explain that to the market, it's clearly in a way that is convincing. You, you can't force exploration. You can't say, oh, we need, we're going to make a discovery because we need to in the next two months. It just doesn't work like that. But um, one of the hardest things to do as an exploration team is to know when to say, we haven't got the, the, we haven't got the bandwidth for that. Or we haven't got the runway for this, or this doesn't look as if it's pumped up enough or juicy enough for us so uh i think this 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 whole area is is proving to be a really tough nut to crack and maybe it's something it's a portfolio that's better inside a major that's willing to fund multi-year 
um, programs and just tap tap away at low grade in the hope that there's going to be some high grade which is going to be able to pay off the capital for getting something into production because haven't seen it yet. So uh, I really like the people behind Kodiak. Uh, I just wonder how long that runway is and um, what the, the the thought processes are internally. Um, but maybe maybe that cannot be um, announced as a something in process. It can only be announced as a um, it's kind of a decisive pivot um, should it come to that point. So that maybe they're having these conversations internally and they're just saying future work, 3D IP, systematic drilling, high grade portions, and maybe internally they are actually thinking about pivots. I have no idea. But uh, it's a tricky one. It's a really tricky one. Right, next, Pacific Ridge Exploration. Now this company, <laughs> oh my goodness, um, yeah, the share price chart shows you that they kind of, on a, on a per share value, they have increased uh, value over two, three years, which is good. When you look at it on a news release basis, the headline shouts it's all in capitals and they do the the the, the horror of double equivalents they give you the equivalent uh, metal equivalent in copper and they give you the metal equivalent in gold um and it's it's so so that immediately just makes me think ah walk away once you get into the news release it's it's quite clear please to announce drill holes 63 to 66 from this year's exploration program uh 64 um, hole 65 intersected 111 meters at point um, at 0.24 percent copper, 0.3 grams gold, and 0.7 grams silver. So forget the silver is so low grade. Now, by reporting highlights in hole 65, it makes you realise that 63, 64, and 66 perhaps weren't that great. But when you come down to the um, the highlights, you get the 60 hole 65 repeated. Then it mentions hole 66, which hit 117 meters of 0.28% copper, 0.22 grams gold. Yeah, not great. So what they could say is that drilling to date has expanded the known extents of um, mineralization to a big glob of these dimensions, and it remains open in every direction. So more like Kodiak, lots of low-grade stuff. Oh, I tell you, tell you what I forgot to mention about Kodiak is that I did go and I looked for the, the copper grades and the gold grades, and the answer is that the gold grades are so low um, that the and the silver grades are so low that the copper equivalent grades are effectively similar to the, the copper grades themselves. So it's 0.17% copper with and a 0.17% copper equivalent. 0.16 copper equivalent and 0.15 copper. So it's this really is just low grade copper with very little anything else. But anyway, that's that that's an um, an aside. Here at Cleal, you've got low-grade copper and a little bit of low-grade gold as well. Um, and Blaine Monaghan, the president and CEO of Pacific Ridge, says, I look forward to reporting the remaining three holes from Cleal. And I go, quite. And I would love it if they didn't use metal equivalents. Um, and also, it'd be good to get a little bit more geology rather than this just kind of um, slightly generic geophysical kind of fuzzy, low-quality image. Um, so uh, keep going. Right Benton Resources. Here we go. Look at this. $27 million market capitalization, and they are pushing out some corkers. Uh, Benton intersects 12 
Is that right? Yes, 12.3 meters of 7.2% copper. The share price has had one response. And again, this is a very unchallenging um, market capitalization of $27 million for what I think is coming out of this. So um, <clears throat> Benton is pleased to announce continuing to receive high-grade assay results from its recently completed 5,651-meter drill program at the Great Burnt Copper Deposit in central Newfoundland. Central Newfoundland, great. <clears throat> 5,651 meters, good size program for the year. And they've got three more holes, six, seven, and eight, further validating the high-grade nature. So highlights include 12.3 meters at 7.2% copper, seven grams silver, a little bit of cobalt. That's the way you do it. You just report the metal. Thank you very much. Someone there has got a proper QP and has been reading the TSX guidelines. The company remains extremely encouraged by the continued success in drilling and looks forward to compiling and releasing further results once received. And President and Stephen Stairs stated the copper grades intersected in drilling at the Great Burnt Deposit are simply outstanding to date. In my career, I've not had the privilege to be involved in such a highly prospective project with tremendous upside potential. We are looking forward to our winter exploration program and expanding on this deposit. I mean, just listen to that. That's a really, really, really clear statement. And then you go to the you go to the cross section and you say, look, this is where the three holes were. Okay, th this is hole seven. So it's right in the guts of the known envelope mineralization, and that's good. But they've also got stuff on the edges here, which is um, 2.76% copper over 12 meters. And then this one is 3% copper over 24 meters. I mean, these are really good results. Plus, we've got all of these black stars, which are the two up here in the guts of things, three here, four here, another couple here, one outside, two, three, four, five outside, and uh, one more down at the depth. So this deposit boundary from 2022 uh, was a relatively small tonnage. It was a uh, um, 600,000 tons. But when you are adding meters and you're adding um, high-grade thicknesses, you can really add um, value very, very quickly. Remember that um, VMS deposits for this is what it is, or volcanic-hosted uh, VHMS um, deposits, they can be very economic at one or two million tons. And so I really, really like this. I liked it. Um, so I went, went and I thought, Oh, hang on. How come I've never heard about this? Why don't I go and just do a little bit of digging? I looked through the old news releases and there earlier this year was the option agreement. The option agreement is pretty vanilla. Uh, remember that the Pampas Metals ones where you're paying $14.75 million for an asset in Argentina. Here is a 40,000 cash payment to Spruce, which is another TSXV company, plus 15 million common shares, which have been incorporated if you look at the when they went to the presentation and i looked at the um fully diluted numbers and includes these um spruce ridge 15 million shares are on the in escrow so you've got 200 million shares in issue with all the warrants um and the escrow shares taken to in, into account plus they've got to spend two and a half million dollars in expiration um of which one million needs to be in the first year and then they get 70% and then it's a participating joint venture. So if Spruce can't fund it, then they get diluted down. So it's a, it's a, a really nice thing. This asset, I think, is going to be worth a lot more than um, the $27 million. I haven't seen any cross-sections, which is what I'd like to see, because I don't know 
how they it, it, and it might not all be in one long section it might be slightly um planar um sorry staggered planes which may affect the uh, economic potential but for now these kinds of grades are pretty phenomenal and when you go and look at the rest of the um the the package what you get in benton there are other assets in there there's um there's a gold project which came with spruce uh just a long strike a kind of a part of the same system and there's a um a lithium clay which is going to be spun out as well so you're going to get more for your for your um for investment than it just this um just this one vms lens so uh i was really encouraged by this i'd like to see better drafting in their news releases i'd like to see a better cross-sections or some cross-sections at least um and ongoing drilling now bring it on i like it very much right the next company was Wiesler copper corp they had 90 meters 91 meters at 0.36 percent to give a grade thickness of 33 interesting share price chart this okay so this is a new company that was spun out of um Wiesla, Wiesla silver into a terrible market the 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 junior resources sectors as you know been under the cosh for two years two-year downturn however uh spun out com companies are always these free shares and so you'll always see um the the free shares the spun out company being um sold down as people exit um and what happened here is you can look at the volume is that people hang on to it hang on to it hang on to it and then they realized we we're into a really really bad market and once they'd lost uh uh 75 80 percent of its value then when it um, starts producing kind of half decent news or kind of a, a bit of noise then the volume picks up as people say right i've got to get out of this because the market's going down they got some good news sell into the good news and we're out of here so i think these kind of companies are only ever going to uh, turn around that downturn and once they have um really given a full turnover of the shares they've kind of shaken out all of the loose um the loose longs um so you want some good hands holding the shares then you come to the project itself um Beesla copper is okay the headline says they extend deerhorn and tacom deposits and intersects strongest copper mineralization to date at the megaton zone Okay, so it's hardly a gung-ho headline. It's just we've extended it and we've got the strongest copper mineralization to date. Then it comes into the um, the guts of the news release. Uh, summer core drilling program at the Wood Jam Copper Gold Project. Uh, highlights include significant extensions to Deerhorn and Tacom. And repeat, strongest copper mineralization to date. So you look at Deerhorn. They've got 37 meters at please don't use copper equivalents. 0.12% copper, 0.78 gold. Mm. That's kind of a, a goldy, a goldy number rather than a coppery number. Um, hole 104 at Deerhorn, 91 meters at 0.1% copper. Mm. Pretty low grade, 0.38 grams gold. It's also quite low grade. Uh, 20 meters in hole 111. This is at Tacom now. 20 meters at 0.5% copper, 0.27 grams gold. That's better, and that's in here. Uh, and then at Megaton, they got 110 meters at 0.2% copper and nothing negligible gold. So um, please don't use copper equivalents. And then these three rather strange sections here, which have got beautiful intersection of the overburden and where potential pit might be and the drill holes. 
but no geology. No, no, nothing at all. So I'd love to see a bit more detail on the geology there. The drilling is... But, and then you come to the quote, Craig Parry, Executive Chairman. Uh, our strategy is adding value through aggressive exploration. Mm. Discuss. Look at that share price. Is that adding value through aggressive exploration? Progressing nicely, that strategy. Is it? Uh, we'll continue to pursue this strategy. Mm. With more exploration at Woodjam and our other highly prospective projects. Okay. Thanks to our crews... This is Steve Blower, the Vice President of Exploration. The summer drilling program at Woodjam has been a resounding success. Mm. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure it has. Maybe it's been a technical success, but I don't think it's been a resounding success because these are pretty low grades and I can't really see what the geology is doing here. Safely and effectively explored several different target areas. No prizes for that, unfortunately. It's just the, that's what you expect. That's a minimal level of professional delivery. Um, most excited about the results at the Megaton zone, where drill hole 116, this one, intersected the strongest mineralization there to date and has established a clear vector for further exploration. Okay, well, I look forward to finding out what those vectors are because it's not clear either from the cross-section or from the language or from any of the text or for the results what those vectors are. So, um, Bisla Copper, go for it. Get communicative. Tell us why you think this is good. And then let's um, hopefully you can deliver into that um, market capitalization of fourteen million dollars and uh, onwards and upwards. Let's 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 get excited. Um, right then, the last three results were uh, twenty-five meters at 0.47 for twelve meters combined, twenty-five meters at 0.24 for six gram meters, grade meters, and Mirasol here thirty-four at 0 0.02 for 0 0.68 grade meters thickness. Now, internally, when I'm looking at copper projects, I tend not to uh, uh, give a lot of weight to the... Uh, I, I, give, I, I give preferential weight to the, gr to the grade thickness of 20 or over, just in terms of exploration. And so I thought I'd treat these three in a, in, on a single slide. McDonald Mines Exploration... Uh, market capitalization, $2 million. You look at that share price chart, trades by appointment. It's kind of flatlining here. Those drill results, I don't know what the cash position is. I don't know what the news release says, but doesn't inspire confidence. Um, Sterling Metals, it looks as if nothing was happening for a couple of years. And then there was a flurry of excitement. And uh, like so many exploration companies, you start with lots of hope and then end up with a dose of reality. That's kind of a three-year ski chart. Uh, down and uh, again five million dollars market capitalization it doesn't inspire me with that result and that market capitalization and that share price chart to go and look any further but perhaps they will produce a news release in the future that will change my mind and Mirasol now this is interesting market capitalization of 47 million dollars they've kind of traded around this level 72 cents for a number of years, sometimes lower, sometimes occasionally higher. And Mirasol are a good company in many ways. You know, they've got really uh, proficient uh, geologists. They've got very experienced directors. They've got a lovely portfolio of assets in um, uh, South America, particularly Chile, right in the north of Chile and in Argentina. Uh, they've got resources. They've got cash. The share price doesn't seem to do much apart from kind of oscillate 
but with some wild oscillations. So you can occasionally make good money in Miracell. And this is a very strange thing to report. You know, you've got a huge portfolio of um, projects and they report 34 meters at 0.02. I know that I wasn't going to go and look at the news release, but I did go and have a look at the news release. And I think it's just a kind of a sterilization or a cleansing notice about a project. They said they were going to drill it. The result is material in the sense that that project um, has had its expectations lowered with a drill result like this. But it's not, I, I, I would have thought that the better way to have dealt with this rather than putting out a standalone release was to, to wrap up an exploration update, you know, to produce a bigger news release and then just to kind of tuck these, <laughs> this drill result, technical success, commercial failure, uh, into the back of a, a different news release. But um, they chose to put out a standalone, which is that market savvy? I'm not sure it is. Um, anyway, I, I, uh, I've got a lot of respect for the technical expertise in Mirasol. I like the way that they've got cash. I like their portfolio. I do wonder about the prospect generator model in that you spend a lot of time de-risking projects at a very early stage. And then when you find something which is half decent, then you kind of farm it out to someone else and you are subject to their timetable and their agenda. When I, I would have thought that the the way to go is to take your best your best target and say, this is the best we've been working for years. We're going to put $5 million. We're going to raise $5 million of risk capital to drill what we think is our best idea. And we're going to just kind of swing for the fences. And that is how we're going to create, potentially create a $200, $500 billion asset. Um, but we might not make it. And I think if you get the right shareholders, they'll support you to do that. But anyway, this prospect generating is a very, very um, uh, different model. Um, very, very steady, very, very, um, in some ways, low risk if it could be done well. And the Mirasol team does seem to do that quite well. But um, I want people to light my fire. I want people to um, live like a lion. Um, but there we go. So... Um, I hope you've enjoyed this week. Thank you very much for listening and for watching. Um, see you next week.